Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast. This is Once to Watch, Series 2, Episode 9, with Ryan Charles. So, before we get into the episode, as always, go and follow us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. If you've not already subscribed to the podcast, you can do so by finding us on Podbean, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify and even Eat Sleep Boxing Repeats YouTube channel as well. So today's episode is about Ryan Charles, currently 6-0 heavyweight, looking to progress on in his career over the next 12 months. He's had an extensive amateur background with the likes of the Commonwealth Games, fighting guys like Michael Hunter. And he'll also be talking about what it's been like from him transitioning over from an amateur to a professional, what the professional career has been like to date. And we also get to hear a little bit about what he does outside of boxing. We know how hard it is for up-and-coming fighters to try and make a living out of boxing, having to sell the tickets and promote themselves all over social media. A big shout-out to Colin from CM Management for putting this episode together by speaking to Ryan, getting him on once to watch. So this is it. This is the next episode and the penultimate episode of Season 2 of Once to Watch. And it's with Ryan Charles. So, Ryan, I'm delighted to bring you onto our Ones to Watch series. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. Pleasure, pleasure. So, today we're going to be talking about you and your career and your journey through boxing with this Ones to Watch episode. And we, we go back to where it all began, really, and, and find out what it was that got you into boxing for the first time. Um, Yeah, so for me, it was a thing where um, when I was really young, like, I always used to watch fights from, like, an early age from, like, age of like eight nine my dad my dad was into boxing so i always used to watch fights and then um i remember one time in particular my my mum no my aunt was um was dating a boxer 
and then they took me to the gym to watch him train. And then ever since then, I wanted to, to box. And then at the time, I asked my parents if I could do it. They said no. I always like kept watching it. Um, to mess about shadow box when I was young. I always used to play fight. I've always been good at fighting, kind of. And then when I got to like when I got old enough, like. I think it was 17. When I was in college, I just started going to the um, to do an amateur gym myself. I started off at Islington. I just went there just for training to start with. And then uh, I was I was training. And then, like, say about when I got to about 20, that's when I started taking it seriously. I started, um, like, I actually became, like, a cardiac boxer. Um, and then I started having bouts. And then I've not looked back since. Who did you watch growing up with your dad? Uh, I, we, used to watch, we used to watch a lot of Lennox Lewis, um, Vince Nassim. I made that then. He was always entertaining. Mike Tyson. Um, those times was a good era. He used to show me some of the old stuff, like, because he had, had it all on tape. Um, Sugar Ray Leonard and some good old fighters. And Whitaker. So, yeah, those guys, really. So, you was always, obviously, a boxing fan. It was always there from, from day one, really, watching it with your dad and growing up and watching all these fantastic fighters that we've seen over the years. And when you went to the boxing gym for the first time, what was it like? Yeah. What what was the feeling like when you just walked through the doors for the first time? Um, For me, it was just like, it was kind of like, I felt like oh, I've been missing out on this. I remember coming home feeling so, like, so excited and so, like, looking forward to the next session. I just felt, like, unstoppable because I've, I've, I've always been able to fight and I've always, like, been athletic. So it was just something that, it's like I picked it up straight away. And, like, oh, I remember when I first went there, loads of the coaches saying, yeah, you'd make a good boxer, you know, like my first session. And then um, it turns out they were right because I followed it through. Yeah, 100%. You followed it through yeah. and we'll talk about that. So when you started training at the gym, when you started getting into it and you started becoming more involved in the, the, the competitive side of stuff in the gym, so like the sparring and the, the sessions you get involved in, mm-hmm. what at what point did you realise... That was what you wanted to do. Um, I kind of like went out like because when I start, I started training and then um, like say what's about seventeen and then it wasn't until I got to about like nineteen twenty that I, was, I said to myself, right, I'm gonna take this serious. And I said to my, it's at that moment when I said to myself, I'm gonna go back to the boxing gym and I want to have bouts. And I, I like you know, it's although it sounds mad, I said to myself, okay, within a certain amount of years, I want to be boxing internationally and trying to get into the Olympics and like that's literally I just aimed for something and tried to towards it and then I decided that if I'm a boxer people probably thought that wasn't it like being serious at that that's what I went from one. Going through then moving on to an amateur career what what was it like what 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 sort of amateur career did you have for people that don't know? Oh so with me um, I had a pretty good amateur career um, so I after so I had like I had obviously the local and the regional bouts etc and after my, I think it was like my 10th amateur bout, um, I I was boxing internationally. So I was representing St. Lucia. So um, how that came about is literally I just contacted them and I said that I'm a boxer in England. Um, I'm interested in representing you guys. My mum's on there. They said, come over. Came over for a trial. That led to a competition. Ended up winning that competition. And then since then, I was representing them. So, so from my like 11th bout, I was boxing in, um, I think my first one away was in Ecuador, which is a Pan-American qualifier. I boxed in that. And then um, that what that done was after, because I'd boxed in that, I then had to jump from um, novices, which is normally like, under 20 bouts to open class so when I came back to England I had to go straight in the senior ABAs without much experience because I'd only had what 11 bouts but because I'd had that international bout against the top guy that jumped me but then from then on I was just boxing in open class senior bouts and then I 
went on to represent Tanisha in many other tournaments in loads of different countries. But when you came back to England from obviously boxing uh, around the sort of South American region, mm. what was what was the difference for you? What what was, what was different about going over to, to South America, boxing over there, to what the amateur scene is like over in England? Um, I'll say in terms of the style and the box. Like everyone is in international, like everyone is super fit. Like no one is, no one's getting tired. So you've got to be on that level as well. You've got to be fit. Um, and I felt that they were a lot more like calculated and controlled with the with the shots they pick and the shots they throw. I found that in the in the um in the local bout, like it's more about landing a lot of shots, but they're actually thinking about where they're going to land shots and they're going, I know what I noticed is one thing is that they're going to the body a lot more in the international going to the body so I learned that I learned that early on because it slows you down so much or slows your opponent down when you go to the body from early. So it was more about the quality over quantity. That's the big difference. Yeah, yeah, the quality. Like Some of these guys, like they've, like, they've been national champion how many times they've represented their country in world championships, Olympic, um, Pan-American Games, so like the best of the best kind of thing. So when you was in your amateur career, did you box anybody that has now gone on to turn professional who's currently a, a ranked professional? Uh, yeah, one one big name that I, I boxed against as an amateur um, is a guy called Michael Hunter. Okay, so um, he's doing really well for himself now as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's doing really well. Um, after Even after like um, Jerome Miller got, got banned for steroids, um, they were talking about throwing him as throwing him in as a name for um, for an opponent for AJ. So, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Did you win? No, no, I lost on points, but it was it was um, like I took a lot from it because I knew it was at that moment I knew that I can hang with these guys at this level. At the time, I'd had I think I'd had nineteen bouts, I think nineteen or twenty bouts, and I was boxing for him. He'd a, he'd a, he had like over sixty bouts. He was like three time U.S. national champion. Uh, been to um, Pan American Games before, won medals there. Um, been to World Championships like. So when I, I only lost on points and I knew that and it was kind of like it was it was close enough. Like when I put him in a really good shot. So I knew that okay, I'm at this level now, I just need to push on from here. Wow. So obviously a lot of people that listen to this podcast will know of Michael Hunter because as you rightly pointed out, you know, he was one of the names touted to potentially fight Andy Joshua before he ended up fighting and Andy Ruiz Jr. and obviously losing to Ruiz Jr. So you you know if even yeah. from even from early on you've had you know, a great experience and uh, a very well-established amateur career. After after you got to the point where you felt like you couldn't do anything more in the amateurs, was the decision always going to be, I'm going to turn professional? Was that what you always wanted to do when you first started competing? Yeah, yeah, that was always the, the ambition of all. Um, there was a bit of a delay because, like, in the amateurs, my last amateur fight... Um, it was in the Commonwealth Games 2014, and um, I had a real bad decision, real bad decision go against um, where I I boxed against a guy from Australia, and I clearly won about like I gave him two standing counts in the second round, but somehow still managed to lose on points, um, and the whole crowd was like just booing afterwards. And then after that, I kind of took a bit of a break because it kind of like it, I, my plan was to go to the Commonwealth Games, win a medal, and then turn pro off the back of that and make a big noise. But because that didn't happen, kind of like delayed it, put me in a bit of a bad place, and I. Had to reconsider if I wanted to do this properly. But then after some time out, I decided, yeah, I went and I think it was a, the break probably done me good, if anything. What did you do during that hiatus then from boxing? Did you just go out, get a normal job, or what was you involved in then? Yeah, I went out, I just 
um, got a normal job. The first couple, not gonna lie, the first couple months I was down. I wasn't really doing much. Um, I stopped training everything. But then um, after 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 a while, I kind of picked myself back up. So I worked, started training again, and then that's when I decided to make the transition pros. So you've turned pro now. You started last year, 2018. Quite a real real active year as well. That was, uh, you know, not there's not always a lot of fighters that get that much activity. You know, some do, some don't. But was that was that yeah. always the, was that always the plan for you then, Ryan? Was it always a case of because you'd had this break, you wanted to be as active as possible within the first year of being a professional yeah yeah definitely because if I, if I didn't have that that break then um those fights maybe may have been spread over two years but because I did I've, I've said to myself I want to get as many bouts in as, as possible I probably wanted to even have one more by now but um that didn't happen but yeah like this year I want to I've had I've had two so far this year I want to try and get I want to try I'd like to get another three if possible that'd be ideal so yeah I like staying active it's good because um I like after a camp like I, I just continues and then it, I feel that it gives me a, a, a more of a mental edge because I know that I've not had any rest even though you have a couple of days here and there to let the muscles relax but in my head that I know I've been training consistently so it gives me a mental advantage. So the first four fights then of your career in 2018 you you know you've had some great apprenticeships you fought guys that are well known on on the circuit uh, have you had any uh, fights today including obviously the two this year where you 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 felt you've been in any type of adversity or you've overcame a type of adversity or is it have you felt it's just been really straightforward for you um yeah yeah so far it's been it's been um pretty straightforward like um i've, I've pretty much just gone in there and done what i knew um which is good and i'm i'm proud of myself for that um but obviously like i want to because of the level i boxed at as an amateur i know where where i can get to as a pro so i want to i want to step up and have some tests um and box longer rounds and box for sub titles by the end of this year early next but let's just take a little pause for one moment to give a shout out to the sponsors for btr boxing podcast it's bear attack boxing providing high quality boxing gloves boxing equipment to your suitable needs you can find them at www.bearattackboxing.co.uk and all over social media you've got the fight pro one gloves the pluto gloves the new bear attack boxing t-shirt range the inner gloves the hand wraps some great boxing products on there so go and check them out and also we've got a little present for you because you're a loyal listener to btr boxing podcast we've got an exclusive discount code for you now it's a 10 percent discount and all you've got to do is when you're at the checkout and you've got them boxing gloves and that t-shirt in there that you want to buy go onto the promo code and enter btr10 for 10% off and 10% is not something to be scoffed at in this day and age it can definitely get you a few quid off them high quality products that bear attack boxing are selling so as a loyal listener to btr boxing podcast when you buy or purchase something through bear attack boxing's website in the promo code enter btr10 and you will get an exclusive 10% discount off your basket so please go and take advantage of it follow them on social media bear attack boxing and it's bearattackboxing.co.uk. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, what what people might not know is, is you're 32 now, turning 33 yeah. this year. So 
it's about pushing on pretty quickly. And because you obviously you had that break after the back of the, the Commonwealth Games, now it's it's about trying to be as active as possible, trying to push yourself on as quickly as possible to go on and achieve something that you want to achieve in the sport. Have you got like little mini goals that you've set yourself that you want to try and achieve? Like you want to get to say sort of southern southern area title level and then go from there and and, and go to the English etc. Yeah. So like by say by um by like February latest next year um I want that southern area title um and then from there I want to push on towards English title then um, maybe British or Commonwealth I want to you know take all the steps and then get to after after maybe a few fights like that then push on to well done. So the heavyweight scene domestically, it's not massive there's 41 active heavyweights in the UK at the moment and you're ranked as being. Yeah. 22nd on box records the 22nd best heavyweight in Britain and then you look around at the names around you people will know some of these names around you you know guys like Nick Webb Simon Valilli you these are the types of names that have been on some you know quite high profile shows in the past 12 months and you're not too far away to, to be ranked in the same level as them so given where you are in your career given your age given what you want to go on to achieve it do you expect to see yourself progressing quite quickly? Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's the aim. Like, like um, I wanna, I wanna step up in in opponents soon. Um, so I wanna be fighting guys that are ranked like near enough my level or above me. So I wanna, I wanna be in tests. I wanna be challenged. So that's the only way you're gonna get places and find out how good you are. And I know that I've like I've been in the ring with some of the best guys, like the best guys out there. Include in like in in bouts and including sparring. So and I know I've heard my own each and every time. So I'm ready to to challenge challenge anyone. But one thing also is that I'm at the moment I'm being at heavy, but I'm aiming to come down to cruise. Right, that's quite interesting. So you, you you're fighting at heavy at the moment, but you 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 want to yeah. go down to cruiser. What's the what's the logic? What's the the thoughts behind that one? Uh, it's just more more my natural weight. Um, in the amateurs, um, that's where I mainly complained. That I mainly complained that um, cruiser weight eighty six kilograms or um, when it was international it was 91 kilograms but then my last amateur fight I even got down to 81 light heavy so um, I know it's possible and actually when I was a light heavy I felt strongest I've been um, and I was one of the bigger guys whereas now as a heavyweight um, I'm not the I'm not the biggest guy there are there are people a lot taller than me and bigger than me so I'm going to be more um, more of an advantage I'm down in weight carry that power inside with yeah I definitely agree with you on that one and the cruiserweight scene domestically if that's where you end up pushing on to campaign at that is that's brilliant that's a hotbed for talent at the moment there's so many good fights that are going on and obviously yeah. we've just, we just seen one quite recently with Richard Reakpour and Chris Billum-Smith. That was a fantastic fight over the weekend just gone. And, you know, you've got the likes of Akolai, Camacho, Tommy McCarthy. You had the ultimate boxer yeah. cruiserweight tournament. That's just happened as well, you know. Would that yeah, been, yeah. Would that been of something that you would have liked to have been involved in? Or is it just strictly yeah. you want to focus on what you're doing? Um, no, that, I think that tournament is a is a, is a good little setup. Um, and, yeah, I would have been, I would have been definitely up for going into that. Um, but, yeah, like, there's, there's so many good good cruiserweight boxers at the moment um, like some names you mentioned even um, R- Richard Reactor he's a good friend of mine and sparring partner spar quite often um, I also do a lot of rounds with um, Isaac Chamberlain quite often other good cruiserweight so but it's, yeah there's, there's a lot of names you could throw about in the cruiserweight division a lot of good fights that could be made so I'll be involved in them pretty soon 
Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of people will be looking forward to it because I feel like, I don't know if, if you've seen that sort of shift and slide yourself, but in the past two years, the cruiserweight division across the world because of things like the World Boxing Super Series and the Ultimate Boxer has put this new light on the cruiserweight division, a division that I would honestly say wasn't really regarded as, as much as some of the others say. Like A lot of people look at the heavyweights and the welterweights and you know the, the lightweights, but they forgot all about the cruiserweights in the last two years the cruiserweight division has yeah. just been booming with all sorts of fantastic fighters domestically and on the world scene and obviously with your experience in the amateur side you know you've got all that experience mm. you know for you it'll just be a case of like you get in there and you could push on to fights quite quickly because it's not like you would need a major apprenticeship in the professional side as in you won't need yeah. to be in there with 20 journeymen before you step up do you know what i mean yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, like that's that's not my aim at all. But I like my, but I like my what my tenth, eleventh fight. I want to be in challenging fights, like pushing like guys that are probably better than me or guys at a good, very good level, like maybe like European level and above. So, so let's talk yeah. about let's talk about you and outside of boxing and what goes on for yourself. And aside from boxing, do you do you have to work to support? The, the professional boxing career or are you fortunate enough to have the support of sponsorships uh yeah well yeah i, I do have to work um because when you first when you first turn pro it's tough like um if you basically you've got to sell tickets yep. and um, you've got to build up a following so from like i've basically worked for the first year and a bit but i'm um, i'm leaving my job like at the end of the month focus on the boxing full-time um i've got like um i've got one sponsor one permanent sponsor, um, Caribbean restaurant called Brown Eagle in North London. It's Bitch. difficult because you, to get a full-time sponsor, you need, you're talking about a year's salary, what you need in, in order for you to not have to work. But um, I've taken that jump, like, even though I've not secured that sponsorship yet, I believe in my ability. I'll do what I have to do to pay the bills and I've got to follow my dreams fully. So that's why I've decided to go full-time with a good training. So that's a big part of it and I always talk about it on the on this series to so all the different boxers that I speak to you know some are not as mm. fortunate as others some don't have the the backing of a lot of sponsorships so people don't appreciate the fact that you've got to go out there and sell tickets to, to at this stage of your career to cover the cost of yeah. your opponent to even to even break even or even make any type of money so sponsorships is a huge part of it so anybody that listens to our interview and businesses mm. that are listening to this and think you know I really like the sound of Ryan and, and what he's about and what he's achieved so far and where he wants to go. If they want to get in touch with you, they want to discuss some type of sponsorship to help you out, to get your career pushing off the ground even further, to help you focus fully on training, where can they contact you across social media to do that? Um, okay, on the social media, on uh, both Instagram and Twitter, it's um, Ranamover, so that's R-U-N-E-M-O-V-E-R. Um, so you should message me directly on there. Um, I've got loads of training videos and clips you can have a look have a look at um, and then on Facebook it's um, Ryan Charles so those three good so hopefully listening to this if you're listening to this and you've got a company there please get in touch with Ryan because obviously this is a guy who's really trying to push on in his career and, and hopefully be in some exciting fights and while we're on the subject of that Ryan obviously a big shout out to, to Colin from CM Management who's obviously looking after you and your, your all your PR stuff helping you build that following yeah. as well yeah big up to Colin man yeah so let's just talk about a few little fun bits of, of, of things that go on in your life and going back to boxing um if you was to go into YouTube now and look for a fight, what fight would it be? What's your go-to fight? Uh, 
Oh, that's a good question. I haven't really got one particular go-to fight. Well, actually, I'll tell you one fight that I do like. Um, Holyfield versus Bo. Ivana Holyfield versus Riddick Bo, the second fight. Yes, the best. The best one of the three. 100% the best one of the three. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. Any particular yeah. fighter, any particular fighter that you think, you know what, I love watching this guy, I love watching this guy's style. You, I know you talked about Lewis and you talked about Naz from obviously yeah. the, the early to mid-90s. Was there anyone in particular that you would just go in and, and Google or YouTube and say, you know, I want to have a look at, I want to have a look at him. He's, he's the fighter that I've always kind of looked up to. Yeah, I like, I like watching a lot of um, Sugar Ray Leonard, but also... Of news of recent, I'll, um, well, like this era, I like watching a lot of Andre Wood. Yeah, like, Andre I Wood. Like his style and um, his ring craft, and I think he's just so smart. I think he's one of the most intelligent fighters like of any era. And if you were to sit down uh, and watch a film, what's your go-to film? What's the film that you could sit there and watch over and over again? Over and over. Um, see, bro, two films that I've watched over and Fading Full or Scarface. Scarface, yeah. A lot yeah. of people love good old Scarface, don't they, and Tony Montana. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I tell you, it's obviously been great to hear your story, your journey through boxing today. Your extensive amateur career is also good to hear about. And for people that have listened, yeah. you know, they're going to hear the fact that you've been in boxed against Michael Hunter, who obviously was former cruiserweight, now heavyweight. Uh, yeah. You know, and you've represented St. Lucia, you've boxed in, in England, you, you've done a lot of things in your amateur career. It didn't work out for you the way you wanted it to in the Commonwealth Games you've had a break you've come back and now you're forcing yourself onto the sea and a lot of people are going to want to look out for you and I hope that they've enjoyed listening to you tell that story and and obviously look to follow your career going forward Uh, so thank you for taking the time out to come on to speak to me and very best of luck for the next 12 months yeah thank you man yeah thanks for um, taking the time to have this interview with me it's been I've enjoyed it so thank you Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.